Well, I have the honor to introduce our guest speaker today, and he's more than the guest speaker. He's become a friend, and uh, we love him dearly here. Amen. We're all ready to have him back, I think, just from Friday night. So, But I really want to take a moment to read right off of his... Um, I guess it's biography, I guess is what you call it, because it's so solid. Like God has really brought us a wonderful man of God today. Um, his name is John Moon. He's an internationally known spiritual entrepreneur. He's a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher who has spoken to more than one million people face-to-face -face in 25 nations on six continents. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. He has led more than 40,000 people to follow faith in Jesus Christ with the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the lame walking, and many, many other miracles. John moves with a strong prophetic gift, with powerful spiritual encounters, and deep insight into the scriptures. And there's so much more, but I want to close with probably a wonderful part. John is the father of three children, two grandsons, and one newborn baby girl. He and his dog, is it Maestro or Mateo? Maestro. Maestro, that's right. Ma Maestro. They make their home in the hill country of Texas. If you'll give a warm welcome to Pastor John Moon. Trusting, one, two, three, four, trusting. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. I'm excited to be here with you today, and I believe God's about to do something really supernatural in your life. So open your heart wide. God is here. I wouldn't be surprised if people just start getting healed just right in the middle of the meeting, okay? So if you've got a need, just reach out and receive. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. There's a few of you here. You're not used to that. Okay, that may be not something you're used to, but listen, God is supernatural, and he's your father. Whether you know him or not, his desire is to do you good today. The father is here by the power of his Holy Spirit to do you good. And I'm excited to be with you today. I, we, had, we had a wonderful time yesterday, and it's going to roll, or Friday, Friday, it was Friday, we're going to roll right on into today. And so, um, oh, there's Maestro. I got a little picture of Maestro on my, on my iPad here, so let me get him off of here. Come on, Maestro, go away, just for a minute. Oh, my goodness, he doesn't want to go away. That's Maestro. There we go. And so, you know, I had a great morning this morning. I don't know about you, but I've talked with all three of my children so far. I haven't yet talked to my grandkids, so, but I want to. So I have a brand new baby girl. She's like seven weeks old, and I got to hold her in my arms the other day. And I'm uh, just really happy to be a granddad. I told my son, he's, he's the only one who's so far given me any progeny, and uh, I've told the girls, you know, they need to follow in their brother's footsteps. And so getting married, though, is first priority before the children come. So, uh, but, but I told my son, you know, I'm having so much fun being a grandpa that if I'd known it was as much fun as it is, I'd have skipped you and I'd gone straight to the grandkids. <laughs> he didn't think that was quite so funny. And so, but I did, so... Uh, today I want to talk to you about, is there a father in the house? Is there a father in the house? And I want to look a little bit at the heart of God in reference to fathership, both his 
and yours. And I want you today to catch a vision, male and female today, for the Father heart of God. Because that's what started everything. God was in heaven. He was not alone. Okay? There was a whole court in heaven of all kinds of creatures. And if you look into the book of Revelation, there's a picture into what it looks like there. Okay, and there's thrones and creatures and creations and angels and God was not alone. And yet in the midst of all of it, he decided we want someone to be with us. He wanted man, he wanted humankind to come eternally into heaven, not just on earth. I'm thankful for earth. I'm thankful we have the dominion mandate from Genesis chapter 1. In verse 28 where he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth, and rule over the earth. In other words, he gave us a mandate, a commandment to take dominion and rule our world. But this is the beginning. This is training for reigning. This is an opportunity to learn how in the future we will rule the heavens and the earths. It's the nations of the world. We'll get to rule them. The Bible says, to him who overcomes, I will allow you to sit down in my throne with me and rule the nations. Wow. See, now that's way beyond just this world. So God's vision for fatherhood is big. And I want you to begin to catch an idea for that, that God has a bigger vision for you than you think he does. And in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. I want to pick up where Barb kind of left off. And Barb told you about maybe the most important story in Abraham's life. When he had to sacrifice the most important thing in his world. And he did it because the father asked him to. Okay? He, and, and it's an interesting thing when God told him, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, he says, that's an interesting concept. That's how God saw it. Isaac was the only son. And he says, I want you to take him to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. And the Bible says that Abraham got up early the next morning. Very interesting thought. Very interesting thought. Listen carefully. God chose Abraham. Why did God choose Abraham? Does anybody know? That's what I want to read to you today. Why did he choose him? Abraham is known as the father of of our faith. And there's a reason he got chosen. And here's the reason right here. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. It says, I have chosen him to teach his family to obey me forever and to do what is right and fair. Then I will give Abraham many descendants just as I promised him. Listen, God, Abraham, God chose Abraham from the midst of of a polytheistic world. Abraham lived in the Ur of the Chaldees, okay? That's in the very south of Iraq, really close to the water, okay? And it was one of the largest cities in the world at the time, an amazing place. You should look at a map. There's maps of what the city actually looked like at the time. And the ziggurat that you probably may have seen a picture of in Ur is still in existence today. It's so big that it's still there from thousands and thousands of years ago. And that was the city where they worshipped Nana, the moon god. 
okay? And now every city, it was a, a bunch of city-states all throughout Mesopotamia, and every city had their own god. And there was a pantheon of gods. But Abraham lived in the city where they worshipped the moon god. And so that was Abraham's culture. And yet God spoke to him, the true God. And he chose Abraham because he knew Abraham in the midst of an ungodly world would train his children to obey Yahweh. Would train them to do what is right and fair. That he would be a good father that would bring forth the kingdom of God in the earth. This is why God chose Abraham. This is God's vision from the very beginning. It's not only was he the father, but he was choosing a father who would produce fathers that would bring forth the kingdom of God. And today I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about choosing to be the father like God is. God wants you to catch his vision. Male or female, you can catch the vision of God. And the vision of God is to father people into the kingdom. To love them and teach them to be like God. To cause them to grow up in the kingdom. To cause them to be born, to mature, and to become fully functional parents. I have a parent that I have progenated Okay, my son is a good parent. He's a good father. Matter of fact, this morning I sent him a note. I, I spent some time last night looking through uh, some memes and things like that, and I found one that said just what I wanted to say to him because he's a really good dad. In fact, I think he might be a better dad than me. You know, in the times where I've got to sit and watch how he deals with his children, how he loves them and how he speaks to them and how he tenderly cares for them, it's challenged me. But, but I'm excited that he's a good dad, that he's carrying that forward, that he's taking them to church and he's teaching them the Bible and he's loving them. He's doing God's plan. And see, that's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants you to catch that same vision for fatherhood that's going to come through you and father people into the kingdom and it's going to produce more and more as the generations pass. Because listen, God's got a generational vision. He wants to do great things through you into many, many future generations. And so the scripture says in Matthew chapter 7, in verse, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it says, but even as he said, it's a bright, a bright, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong scripture. Please forgive me. My thing keeps moving today. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11. For you know that when we deal with and each of you up, you know what? I'm going to put on my little glasses. Okay? It says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Engaging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and into his glory. 1 Thessalonians 2.11. Listen, this is how fathers deal with their children. Okay, this is the biblical concept of how it happens. You're encouraging, you're comforting, and you're urging them 
to live lives worthy of God. And, and we need to practice this because this is the spirit of the Father. This is how God deals with us. And this is how God wants us to deal with our children, but not just our natural children, but our spiritual children as well. Now listen, God chose Abraham not because he was just going to produce natural children. The vision was always the natural and the spiritual with Abraham. Remember, he took him out and he showed him the stars of the heavens and the sands of the seashore. There was the natural and the supernatural, the, the physical and the heavenly. Because Abraham was getting both. And I want you to catch the vision of the Father for both your natural and your spiritual. Okay? Because God wants to do that in your life. Many of you are at different places in, in your walk with God right now, in your natural cycles of life. Okay? Some of you are in the middle of, like my son, of the, of the parenting. And you're exhausted. And you go to bed wondering, am I ever going to make it? Some of you are past that and your kids are growing up. And so, but wherever you are, God wants you to fulfill his natural call and his spiritual call for you to father children into the kingdom and to treat them just as the scripture says here, to treat them where you're loving them and urging them to live lives worthy of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Listen, you can become their father through the gospel. You can actually begin to have that concept take place in your life. Well, I'm really not getting this done here. And, but God wants you to know it and be it. He wants you to start using the gospel to become the father of children. And you should be as excited about it as when you make children. I'm going to let you figure that one out, okay? I'm, I'm not going to say anything more than that. Number two, a father loves his family. A father loves his family. John 15, 9 says, I have loved you. Even as the Father has loved me, remain in my love. This is an interesting thing for Jesus to say. Listen carefully. Jesus says he loves us with the same love the Father loves him. So what he's telling the disciples is, look, I took the love God gave me, and I gave it to you. And this is how we love our children. Listen, as spiritual people, if you're born of the Spirit, Christ lives in you. And the love of God, you can now take and give to your children. It's a precious love that's beyond humanity. And listen, it's one of the most important things you give to your children, is that type of love. There are many other very important things that you can talk about and do for your children, but the most important thing is that you give them that kind of love. We love our children by showing them all that's going on in our life. By opening up. You know, as kids grow and mature, they need to understand what their parents are doing and how their parents are doing things. And a lot of times, what's the question they're always asking? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? 
And they're wanting to know why, because they're having to learn how the world works and what's going on in their life, and one day how they're supposed to actually make things work. And one of the things parents do is they tell them, well, do what I say, not what I do, just do it. Dad said so. Okay? I said so. Do it because I said so. And so, but in reality, God wants us to train them why and to show them exactly why. It says in John chapter 5, in verse 20, it says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, to your amazement, he will show him even greater things than these. Now, Jesus was doing miracles. That's what he was doing at the time when he teaches them this principle. He says, look, the Father is showing me what he's doing. And he's showing me everything he's doing. And you're going to see greater things than you've already seen because the Father is showing it to me. Now, now we can learn from what the Father is doing with Jesus. This is a great examination for you who are wondering, how do I be a father? Go look at how the father treated Jesus. We're going to cover probably three or four of those types of scriptures today. But there's lots of them, of how God the Father treats Jesus. And we can see the real process of fathering people. And listen carefully. I grew up in a house where it was pretty dysfunctional. We hear that word a lot, dysfunctional, right? You know? And so from the time I was five, there was nothing but fighting and alcohol and drugs and all kinds of craziness, witchcraft, real witchcraft. And, and so I grew up in a, when I say dysfunctional, I mean dysfunctional. At nine, you know, they separated and went their separate ways, and I lived in a single-family home the rest of my adulthood or the rest of my childhood until I was an adult. And so I didn't have what most people would think is the model of a father in the house in those maturing years of adolescence. I didn't experience that. And so I didn't know about that. And so when I got saved in college, you know, and, and I started realizing that all these people around me had fathers that taught them things. Oh, that's an interesting idea. And, and then I began to ask the father, I said, you know, God, why, why didn't I have a father? How come I didn't have that kind of influence in my life? And the father told me really clearly one day in prayer, he said, you know what, I'm your father. And I've been there the whole time. He said, and I'll teach you everything you need to know. And listen, he's been faithful to do exactly that. And listen, he'll not only do it for me, he'll do it for you. He's your father and he wants you to know that he's ready to tutor you and train you in everything you ever need to know. Now, here's a scripture for you. It's not in my notes. This is just free, okay? Okay, it comes out of John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. It says, it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you about everything. And as it is true and as it, it is not a lie, you dwell or take up residence in what it teaches you. Listen, the Holy Spirit will teach you about all things. So you, can, you don't have to have any. Matter of fact, that's how it starts the verse. It says, it says you don't need a man to teach you. Now, it's good to have a, 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 a human to teach you, but you don't need it. The Holy Spirit can teach you about everything. And that's the heart of the Father, is that He wants to teach you about everything. 
And so you need to be open to that and allowing him that opportunity in your life. Well, you're just really giving me a hard time today. It is a good day, isn't it? I, I'm going to pause for a second and tell you, you know, this morning I communicated with all my kids and one of my children is a, a world traveler. She's got a travel bug. Her name's Stephanie and she, she, uh, she's running through Berlin Airport this morning, flying from Cyprus to New York City and, and she's kind of tired and she stops and she FaceTimes me as she's running through Berlin Airport, right? Because she knows I love to FaceTime. You know, and so she's FaceTiming me and she says, Dad, I'm, I'm having to move. So so don't worry about me having to be on the move. And so and so we're talking and she's telling me all about the, the stuff she's been involved in for the last few days. And it's amazing. She's an amazing individual. And um, but anyway, the, the, the point is, is that I'm so happy that she's reaching back to her father. You know, that that, that 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 was implanted in them, that they care for their parents, that they care for their father. So I'm going to encourage you today, too. You've got a father in your world some way to, somewhere today that needs you to reach out. You know, and some of, some of you may have a father that, that you're estranged from. And I want to encourage you today to reach out, to break the bonds of that estrangement. You know who you are. Take a step of faith. Do what you maybe can't do in your own ability. To step out and see God do a miracle. Listen, as you reach out, often God's miracle comes because we take a step of faith. We do something that's not easy. Maybe it even seems impossible to you. But because you do it, God could heal generations in the future. Because you take that step of faith on Father's Day. A father releases authority to his children as they mature. Here's a third thing a father does, is he releases authority. As children get older, they need to be given opportunity. Often, we just want kids to stay where they are because we're barely ahead of them. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to keep everything balanced and growing and we're barely ahead of them and we're trying to keep them, just do the right thing, just do what I told you to do. When in reality, they need us to let go of more and more authority so that they can become the men and women they're supposed to be. And listen, this is an important thing for us to realize and start early. Start early as your children are maturing to release more and more opportunity and authority to them. It says here that Jesus got that. It says the father loves the son and he give, has given him authority over everything. John chapter 3 verse 35. The father loves the son and has given him authority over everything. See, is, is there a time and a place when you're able to release authority? You know, David did it. Interesting, the King David released all authority over his kingdom while he was alive. Okay, that didn't happen. That's not how it worked. In, in the days of kings, kings reigned until they died. But he saw it was God's will for him to turn that over while he was alive. And he, as a father, got to see the reign and the authority of his son Solomon while he was on earth. 
And listen, we need to begin to practice that as fathers, releasing authority to our children so that they can grow and do what they're supposed to be doing. Amen? Amen. Number three, a father communes with his children. A father communes with his children. This is an interesting uh, point for me. Uh, I remember a story when we were pastoring in San Diego. And um, while we were there, we, uh, I built a home. I think it was our, our second home that I had built. You know, I, I want to encourage you today, if some of you are, might be dreaming about building a home someday, you know, that's the Bible says that's God's plan for you. Did you know that? Genesis chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. Write it down and go look it up. It says, when you have lived in good houses, or when you have built good houses and lived in them. So there's a promise for you. I'd go grab that one. Amen. Amen. So we'd built, I think it was our second house that we had built, and uh, we were enjoying it tremendously. And we had a hot tub in the backyard. And we, we would have this ritual. We'd sit at the table, and after dinner, a lot of times we'd all go get in the hot tub together and just talk and just enjoy each other. And it got to the place where, you know, one of the kids, dinner would just about be over, and the kids were like 16 and 14 and, and 11 or something like that. And one of the kids would look around and see the food's almost gone, and then they'd shout, last one in's a rotten egg. And they would run for their rooms because they were all upstairs and they had to go get upstairs, get their suits on. And the last one in the hot tub was the rotten egg. But you know what? We sat in that hot tub night after night after night, busy pastors. We were busy all the time. And we would just sit in there for 15 or 20 minutes and we would just talk. And the greatest things would come up. We found out all kinds. And we found to listen, a creative way to commune with our children in the midst of an extremely busy schedule. Listen, I know that when you're parents, you have an extremely busy schedule. And God wants you to know that you can find creative ways to commune with your children. You can do it. You're the one who needs to create it. You may need to look into their world and find out what they're interested in as they get older. One of the things I learned and applied as a father was as my kids hit about 11 or 12 years old, that I had to invest in what they were interested in. We didn't go do what I was interested in. We went and did what they were interested in. And you too need to do the same thing. You need to invest in what's important to them and what they're doing. And make sure that you commune, that you build this intimate time where they're comfortable opening their hearts and their lives to you. Because it's in those moments when your children begin to bond and they begin to trust and they begin to communicate certain things that they may not tell anybody else. No, and this is the real communion with the Father, is when we're able to open up our lives and really share what's going on in our life. Really tell him what's going on. He knows. It's not that he doesn't know. But he wants you to share it with him. And he wants you to learn to share it with your children. And let them learn to share with you. So there's a little priming of the pump that has to take place too. As a father, 
You need to learn to share what's really going on in your world. I know as, as men, we, we're kind of, mm, uh, we don't say a whole lot. Matter of fact, somebody, somebody this week said, you know, you and Alani, you didn't, don't hardly even talk to each other. You're just, mm. But you know what? We were pretty happy in the process. But listen, a father has to learn to commune and create ways to build that relationship, to open the lines of communication. And one of the ways children learn is that their father does it first. Okay, and this is my final point today, is that a father becomes a model for his children. A model for his children. Are you being a model? Are you being a model spiritually? Listen, you know, I, 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 I taught my children that the word was important. We talked a little bit about the importance of the word yesterday. But I, I, we used to hold devotions with my kids and we started when they were really little. And it's really hard to get kids to sit still, you know, when they're little. And my son is a kinetic learner. And so if you don't know what that means, that means they have to have movement, physical movement while they learn if it's gonna stay in the long-term memory of their focus. And so what we, we used to have, we used to set the clock and we started with four minutes. So devotions was four minutes long. And the kids knew it was short and it got longer and longer as they got older and older, but, but they knew it. And one day we're sitting in the living room having devotions and the, the clock's ticking and I'm teaching about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and Jonathan is rolling around on the ground, you know, and I'm, I'm, growing just a little bit irritated. You know, I, I, I'm trying to teach this simple lesson to very young children, and my son is not being a great model for his sister, who's, who's always doing what is right. Stephanie was always doing the right thing. And so finally, I stop in the middle of my teaching, and I say, Jonathan, what are you doing? You're not listening to a word I said. And he stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, I am too. And he verbatim said everything I'd said verbatim for the last, you know, six or seven sentences. And I had to realize he was listening, you know, and that he learned differently than I learned. Okay. And so, but listen, we need to model spiritually for our kids that the word is important, that we live in the word, that the Holy Spirit is valuable, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to model for our children healthy lifestyles. We need to model for our children healthy habits, how to develop healthy habits. We need to model for our children healthy marriages, healthy families. What, 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 we need to model it so they see it before they know it. Because you know an interesting thing? A child, according to neuroscience, a child learns differently than an uh, someone who's about six or seven years old. After that, we, our brains move from, from delta, or no, from theta as a child to delta as an adult. In theta, we just absorb, and you just learn without having to, to do anything about it. That's why children learn so fast, because their brain waves are actually in a different wavelength. And so, but one of the things that happens at that time is they learn mostly from their parents by just watching them and absorbing it. Everything they're looking at all day long, they're just absorbing it. And so listen, as, as parents, you need to be a good model first beyond all other things. And Jesus was the greatest model. Yeah. He said, I never do anything 
I don't first see my father do, or I don't first hear my father say. And he said it over and over and over again. He said it, he, he said it, he said it this too. And, and, and maybe you'll remember this scripture. Jesus said that Jesus was going into the waters of baptism and the father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen, he confirmed Jesus. Yeah. As parents, we need to confirm our children. We need to affirm them. We need to let them know. And you know, God did it over and over again on the Mount of Transfiguration. God speaks to Peter, James, and John and says, hey, no, listen. This is my son. Listen to him. In him, I am very well pleased. Not just pleased, but very well pleased. And so that affirmation is something that the father has to give to his children. And so I want to encourage you in that, that you affirm your children. You know, this morning I, I sent that affirming word to my son. I found that little meme, so it would be just a little funny. And I sent him a word and I told him, I said, you know, son, you're an excellent father. And I'm so proud of you. And I want you to know that, that that's a normal part of my communication to him as he's traveling through his fatherhood because he's trying to figure it out. I remember when I was there and I had three and I was trying to figure it out and not, never sure if you're doing it quite right or not and, and never sure exactly what to do. But you know what? You can have that voice into your children's life, but you can also have that voice into other people's lives. Listen carefully. There's a lot of people around you that have never had that affirming word of the Father that I love you. You're doing well. I'm proud of you. Listen, that's the, that's the spirit of the Father. He wants to catch you doing things right. Literally. God's waiting to catch you doing it right. So he can say, oh, I'm so proud of you today. Listen, and you can have that heart. You can affirm your children and your spiritual children. You can have that word in your mouth for your people that you're leading. Those of you who are leaders here in the house, those of you who are not yet, you can be. I want to encourage you. But listen, Jesus came to earth at the bidding of his father. The father asked him, I want you to go to earth. And the, the, the gospel is so beautiful. It says that Jesus left heaven and came to earth and he lived a perfect and a sinless life. He was born of the virgin and by the hands of godless men, they nailed him to the cross. And the Bible says that although he was perfect, God the father took the sin of the world, my sin, and your sin and put it in the body of Christ. And literally, Jesus became sin. Though he had been perfect for all eternity, he became sin on our behalf so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. What a gift. What a gift. And, and the Bible says that Jesus died and on the third day he rose again from the, from the dead and he ascended into the heavens and he sat down on the throne of God and today he rules and reigns in the heavens. And the good news is today he offers you freedom and pardon and forgiveness and eternal life. That's good news. Life eternal, it'll never end. And today I'd like to pray with you. 
as a father if you've never asked Jesus to come and be your father. Today's the real Father's Day for you. If you've never asked him to come and live inside your heart and take control of your life, God wants to demonstrate today that he's your father. And I'd like to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you. We're so thankful that you are our father. Lord, we ask you right now that you'd come and touch every life today. Lord, loose the gift of the working of miracles now, Father God. That's right. Work through this place, Lord. Let the lame walk, the blind see, and the deaf hear, Lord God. Now, in Jesus' name, let your power surge through this place, Father. Now, if you want to make that commitment, you want to ask Jesus into your heart, I'd like you to signify that just by letting me see your hand. You're ready to see Jesus. I see those. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. I see that hand. Anyone else, you're ready to make that decision. I see that hand. Anybody, I see that hand. Anybody else, I see that hand. Anybody else, you're ready for the Father to come and take his rightful place. It's time. Anyone else? I'm going to pray. I'm not going to wait long. I love you. God loves you. The Father loves you. He's ready to start an eternal relationship with you. There might be a few of you here, you've just been kind of away from God. You know God, but you've been doing all the wrong stuff, and you know it, and you need to change. And you, you're, you're hearing the Holy Spirit. That's right. Just put your hand up. If that's you, put your hand up. Today's your day, too. There it is. I see it. I see it. Anyone else? Father, we thank you for these people, your children, that you're delivering today for eternal life inside of them. Can I have everybody just stand up with me? We're going to pray. Just stand with me, please. Father, we thank you. Okay, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to ask you to just say the words out loud. Just say, Father God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I recognize that I've sinned and I've done the wrong things and I don't want to live that way anymore. And so I'm turning to you, Father. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I profess you as the Lord of my life. And I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, move in our midst. Move in our midst, Holy Spirit.